Today on the Tim Man Podcast Show, we've got Hayley Coxon, motorsport presenter, uh-huh. producer. Yep. What is that? How did um, you get into that? Uh, so I come from the Alaman. Yeah. And um, I, I got a love for the TT coming from the Alaman. I basically grew up over there, lived for the TT through the hotel that we grew up in, um, but got into the racing as I got older. And um, when I got the bug, there was no going back. So I started behind the camera for a local production company on the TT. Um, Any I, qualifications in it? No, 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 no. But I just, not at all. I mean, I, th- I did a presenter's course in London. Right. Um, just to try it out, really, you know, just to like um, see whether I was any good at it and see whether I actually enjoyed it. And so, when I did it, it's only like a three day thing. And when I did it, I loved it. So I was like, right, I want to start at the bottom, learn the craft around me. And then eventually try and get in front of the camera. So that's what I did. I started doing stuff for free, making the tea, and then um, moved in front of the camera. How was that shift going in front of the camera? Yeah, it was uh, natural. To be honest, it felt right. It felt great. Um, it was it was fun. It was like I was in the TT pit lanes. I was running around. I got my first producer credit on a centenary documentary, Murray Walker. That was like my first real paid job. I was like, what the I was picking Murray Walker up and I was, his career started in the Airline TT. So for me, I was like, um, what the hell's going on? It was just, it was amazing. The most incredible experience. It just felt like that's where I was meant to be. And then when I got the call from that same production company to say, what are you doing next weekend? Do you fancy coming to Italy and trying in front of the camera? I was like, I just checked my diary. Yeah, I'll do that. And then I did it and I was like, boom, off I went. And I did that for about, that particular job about six years. Have you done, have you done anything else apart from this? Uh, yeah, I've done bits and pieces. I, I did a lot of film work. So what I would do is I'd do the motorsport seasons, you know, like March to November, if you're lucky, that, that period. And then in the winter, I would then work on film projects. So I'd be like, the Alaman at the time as well, there was a big film industry there. So um, you had really big big movies coming over so I was lucky enough to then work on some sets for some incredible people in the winter and then I'd go racing again once the race season started what were you what were you doing on the films um like runner production assistant you know whatever I could get involved in one film I worked on I end up even doing some stunt driving I've never done that before in my life they threw me in a classic car and put the wig on me dressed up like the the main actress and um and got me crashing a bloody classic TR3 or something into the right. um, into the field and it was freaking great. That's <laughs> I loved it. It was nuts because she couldn't drive the actress so they threw me in there like, hey, you're right, get a costume on and off you go. And I was like, all right. And it was more money. I was like, what the hell? It was brilliant. I loved it. It was a great experience but I bloody, not when I had to hand the car back and I cracked the fuel tank and the owner wasn't very happy. But I did the job. So yeah, it was ace. So what, so what do you want for yourself, like, have you, is this moving forward now, like, is it something you want to get into more doing that? It is, you know, I, I um, so I've got, uh, I, I did that for six years and then I had a big life change come and it just, the life change came at a time when I was questioning, am I, like, purpose, I kind of got to a point in my life and I, What was the, what was the life change? Um... My biological dad, who lived in the States at the time, got lung cancer. He was 49 and he got diagnosis. 
and um, he wasn't always in my life and it just kind of tur- started turning my world upside down a little bit. Um, but at the time I was also hit a point in my career, I was like, right, I didn't want fame. I definitely wasn't getting fortune, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to travel the world with my work. I wanted to work in motorsport and I'd kind of done it and worked on World Series, European Series and four wheels at the time. Now I've moved into two and three wheels. And it was incredible, I had the most amazing experiences, but I was just at a point and I felt like I was getting, I wasn't getting cared, well looked after in what I was doing. And I was just questioning, am I doing the right thing? What's my purpose? I was coming up to that point. And then I got the call from my dad to say, he had um, stage four lung cancer. Um, And my dad being the optimist and he was very positive about it, but there was something in me that it just started unraveling. It started, I just felt like he was going to be taken from me and I'd really only sort of started getting him back in my life. So I decided to just um, take time out and try and be over there as much as I could to be with him through his, his process of care and stuff. And and that was so blessed to be a part of that, but it completely broke me as well. So I came away from the industry for a little while because I was broken. I completely fell apart. Um, but if I I would not change it, I would change it. Obviously, I'd prefer him to be here. However, I wouldn't be the person that I am. And the, the process I went through with him, so I did sports science at uni. I went to personal training. That was my original background. I was always a sports person. But I, I injured my knee skiing, so I left that industry because my knee was wrecked and I'd wanted to try this new career so I made that happen but what happened is it reconnected me to um, a different lifestyle and this treatment process so in America when I was being there with him and I was able to go to certain appointments with him he would started looking outside the box other than chemo and by him doing that um, he encouraged me to start doing that watching new documentaries researching and I just found this holistic and I was blown away by this holistic approach to a lifestyle. What were you looking at? What, what, what um, Well, he, and with his insurance, uh, he was a firefighter. He was a captain right. in a fire station, right? right. So um, he left school with nothing uh, in the Isle of Man. And originally from Manchester, uh, went to the Isle of Man, left with nothing, but created this kind of incredible life for himself in the States, married, had three kids. And he just, he just had a, a real drive for life to just, did you least lose touch with him for a while? I did, or I did. Yeah, he wasn't always right in my life um, because him and my mum were very young, and they got together, and um, it just didn't work out. We went to America with him initially when he first moved there in the eighties. We did a few months there, or whatever, and tried to make it work, but it, it didn't work out between them two. So I came back, and then my mum eventually married my stepdad, who's still in my life, um, and I love him dearly. Obviously, I've still got my biological dad, and he just there was a blockage there of, of contact um, through my mum's broken heart, yeah. all of that, you know, and I kind of viewed him through her broken heart for many, many years. Right. Um, so protecting myself, I kept him at a distance, but then obviously fast forward this diagnosis when I was just starting to try and let him in, um, it was just like, well, I've just lost all this time, so I've got to try and, I want to be there. So, but by being there, like it changed and, and unraveled a lot, um, but completely re-imprinted 
who I wanted to be in the world and what my purpose was really. So his, um, he replaced his GP with a naturopath in Portland, Oregon. And uh, so I was going to those appointments with him and she was getting me to make all these new concoctions for him and stuff and, um, and his wife as well at the time. And there was just so much I was learning and I was then I was coming back to the UK and I was having conversations with people and people would, to me, it, it was blowing my mind, but also felt so simple. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they were doing yeah. and I didn't understand why people weren't doing it here and still so many people aren't doing it here. So I'm like, right, I've got, I don't, I haven't gone through this for no reason. This isn't broken me for no reason. There's a bigger picture here and that bigger picture is for me to create this impact and this ripple effect of working on myself, working through my shit, if I'm allowed to swear, and then re-imprint this new process of how I move forward and then how I can impact others by doing so. So I started my, um, I retrained in various different things, which to me, I class as holistic and created my wellness brand, um, One Health Whole You, which I practiced my mindset coach and the mindset rebel underneath that. Right. So I did that and neglected my link to motorsport. I dropped it. So then if I fast forward a couple of years in lockdown, I started doing a, I got asked to do a motorsport podcast and it reconnected me to that world. And I kind of realized that was my fire. I was, that was completely neglecting. And then I realized my dad who I lost those conversations with him. He loved his bikes. He loved his cars. He loved that I did what I did. And I, it was just something it's that, that's a little link to my healing process of bringing that back into my life because it's my fire. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. all about with clients saying what feeds your fire, what fires you up, what's your passion, yeah. um, what makes you feel alive. And in motorsport, when I'm in the pit lanes and I'm at races and I'm part of that community and, and connecting with the people and the stories in it, yeah. it's just and awesome. I love it. I love and do, it. do you share that on your, your what is it, Mindset Rebels? The, the Mindset Rebel page. Rob, yeah, Mindset yeah. Page. Yeah, so I don't share enough of my motorsport stuff on there, but what I've done to try and... It was it, it was a bit confusing how, how I bring the two worlds together for a while. I was trying to figure it out, and then I um, I got clarity on, on a podcast, my own podcast I wanted to start. And I've slowly started launching it very, very early days. And it's called Rebel Without a Limit. And it's a limitless mindset podcast for sharing stories and techniques to support you in living that way or yeah. if you're inspired by that. <laughs> so by doing that, I can bring the two worlds together. So I'll interview people in motorsport, people in sport in general, but no then holistic practitioners or, you know, and bring them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people mm. try and do that, mate. And, the um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people recently about stop trying to niche down on your brand, mm. you know, and just because you're a, a mindset coach or whatever, you shouldn't just be talking about mindsets because there's so many parts to the brand. Mm. Look, niche down on your products and services, but don't yeah. niche down on your brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. the TT and that is such a big part of you yeah. that it needs to be involved within yeah. your brand and people yeah. who love that is going to like love you as well. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's amazing that you've done it. I wondered yeah. if you'd actually done that or not, but I, I'm, I'm pleased I've, that you have. Yeah, I've done it with the podcast, but I haven't pushed it enough. So what's happened is yeah. I started it in the winter and the race season started and I've got busy you know, trying to keep yeah. the, the job going and that, but what that is doing is it is supporting me and continue to build my relationships and my contacts and my network that will then eventually bring in and filter through into my podcast, hopefully yeah. and share some. I just so grateful for the people that I seem to attract 
into my life, the conversations and the connections that I seem to attract. That's only because there's a certain frequency you're putting out there, you're getting the same back, aren't you? Totally, totally. And and I'm always very aware of that and very grateful for it. Um, You know, even at the weekend, I've just come from an event there and some of the stories and the people, I've just... I'm still in kind of shock and awe of what actually happened in a three-day period and, and the incredible experience. What was the event? Goodwood Revival. Right. Um, so Goodwood is down in Chichester, down in Sussex, and it's kind of a, it's a famous kind of motorsport venue. I don't know, it's like an estate, Goodwood Estate. It's owned by uh, Lord of... Duke of Richmond, um, Lord March, uh, and he does motorsport festivals there. So the Goodwood is the fa- is the famous one, and yeah. uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed in July, and then the Revival is in September, which is period. So it's all classic cars and bikes, but everyone is um, dressed up. It's like a film set. You walk around, and the attention to detail everywhere. It's phenomenal. The ladies look. It's just beautiful to so what are you, have of. you gone down there with a mic and a camera i went no that's the plan hopefully for next year so i've gone down because i've only ever been for a day so this is my first full weekend mm-hmm. so i went to reconnect with old people her pe- old friends old colleagues yeah. and um and then queue up kind of how i would approach it next year hopefully with one of the youtube channels that i've i'm part of i want to go in a, a two-wheeling classics youtube channel is to go in there and then create content and film content and interviews next year so I wanted to go in and experience it as a punter, experience it for myself. A friend of mine works on it. So um, I was there with her. We were on the campsite, but we were with one of the teams. One of the, in fact, they won. They were winning bike team, classic bike team. And they were incredible in themselves. Some of the classic bikes they bought to the festival was just phenomenal. And the stories behind why they... And But I ended up helping just the conversations. My mindset stuff always comes in, into it. So I, I there's always a case there where I end up helping someone with a certain conversation offering a free session or it just always filters through you know people in the paddock whatever paddock I'm in there's always someone there that I end up being able to help which is just amazing whether it be um the daughter of someone or or a racer or or a a team manager or or even a presenter I uh it filters through which is amazing um so I'm very very grateful for it and it's feeding my fire at the same time so you've got your yin and your yang haven't you and the motorsport side is my yang and then my yin is my my holistic side so it's finding that balance though you know uh and it's it's great it's yeah a great weekend it's good I'm I'm glad Um, you're doing it it's just um like I you know I I put stuff on about going to gym I put stuff on like my dog I put stuff on people are like well what's that got to do with branding and what is it's everything to do it with is. branding because that's yeah. what a brand is. It's all showing yeah. all parts of you, and then yeah. you know you get a job off like me running to dog with work, and people are like, how did you get a job off that? Yeah. Just, people like they buy from people, Absolutely. and they do like that. Then yeah. they know so totally. it's good. It, it's amazing that you're doing it. Yeah, and it feels like mindset rebel is that kind of way it, of thinking as well. Yeah, it, it's um, it feels like it suits it better because my, my actual wellness brand is One Health Whole You, yeah. and it sounds quite fluffy. But that kind of just allows me to put other stuff underneath it, you know, and yeah. the Mindset Rebel suits the link to my motorsport and suits the link to Rebel Without a Limit podcast. Yeah. And the Rebel Without a Limit name came from Rebel Without a Cause, a classic movie that I love with James Dean in it. Yeah. Um, and the twist on, and it just all kind of links in now, hopefully. I just need to be um, more... Uh, like organize and how I approach get my content out there to really share more of my story now 
because I run other content. And have you not thought people. about just calling it all Hayley Cox and at yeah. the top, and then those things are underneath it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because um, uh, that's really you are the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I think I've just felt the need that I needed to distinguish. Yeah. The different things, so not to confuse people, because I was running it under my name for a while and I felt like it was just confusing to people and people were saying what are you actually doing so and I was kind of getting that from people so I thought okay I'll separate the wellness brand I'll put my name as my profile for the presenting and I'll just see how that ticks over so I don't know we'll see how it evolves and how it goes and then I've obviously got the the podcast page too so I was like oh, I yeah no, no. <laughs> ah! But I'll get there and it'll keep evolving. Like I'm sure you guys, this incredible um, podcast that you've got and your, I love your branding. You Thank guys you, caught my eye a long time ago and yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I like your energy with, with it's the same frequency you're doing. what you're, you're yeah. doing, you know what I mean? It's like we get yeah. the same people, you know, people working with us because of the frequency they put yeah. out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's important to, to follow your, follow and, follow and feed your fire. And, and I think like you say that frequency just invites incredible opportunity conversations connections etc you know you see it it's hard when you see friends family or even clients who've been repeating yeah. cycles and it's always everything external that is the reason for something not happening and it's really hard to you know, the friends and family thing it's hard because I want to shake it out of them because I can't really it's hard to treat them and work with them clients I know I can work with them and help them and it's amazing to see them evolve but when you see people stuck in that space it's it's just such a waste isn't it it, it yeah. just I want more for them and how do you stop yourself from <sighs> going out I'm going out I'm going out and we'll see you the it took, it took some learning you know I um, I was always a fixer Yeah. I learned from a very young age to be to leave my, um, to prioritize others, yeah. supporting others over my needs. Subconsciously learned that. And so that ripple effect went on for a long time. And then um, again, I had a, a shift and that shift was linked to self-love. Um, what was that shift? Uh, I went to uh, Peru. I went into the jungle for two weeks and I worked with a, I did, I committed to ayahuasca. And I live with a tribe for 12 days. We did seven ceremonies. and um, Back to back? In 12 days. So we had some breaks. I know! <laughs> Fucking hell, tell me about that. Tell me about your first experience, the first time you had ayahuasca. Yeah, I... Um, do you know what? To just do a kind of pre-build-up to explain, my dad had died in the July... Um, my ex, I was off and on with my ex at the time and I'd moved back to the Isle of Man and we kind of got back together, but he was in a terrible place. He'd lost his mum. I was completely broken. We're just two broken people. And in my holistic research and starting to, I'd, I was, I'd found techniques that were helping me at the time, but I was, you know, constantly searching like work. How can I go deeper? How can I? And I found, I came across ayahuasca. So I shared it with my, my boyfriend at the time. And he said, right, I'm going at Christmas. Are you coming with me? I went, I don't know how I'm going to get to tomorrow, get into tomorrow, never mind what I'm doing at Christmas. What, really that bad were you? I was just getting myself through it. Yeah, I was completely and utterly, I was just broken. My whole world had just imploded. Um, I seen rock bottom, Hayley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, 
Everything. Were was, you thinking of ending it? I um, I wouldn't say I was thinking of ending it, but I definitely, for a very long time, I couldn't see past how broke how broken I felt. But I wouldn't own up to it either. So I wouldn't ask for help because that was the way that I was. I didn't want to burden anyone with my grief. I didn't want to burden anyone with how dark I was feeling inside. So I just wanted to do it myself, which is just my was my common theme back then and even can be a default mode if I'm not aware now. Um, so asking for help wasn't my forte, um, but I was just researching to find ways that would help me get out of where I was and what I was feeling. So I shared it with him, not for me, I shared it with him. He booked on, it got completely fully booked, but I'd moved back in with him. So. I was, you have to do, follow a diet, you know, a certain lifestyle and the build up to it. So I was cooking for him. I was, we were learning, we were listening and we were getting ourselves ready for it, even though I wasn't going, but I always knew that I was going. Three days before he was due to go, someone canceled and a space popped up and I was like, boom, off I go. So. How much was it? Um, I think it might've been about, 1200 quid at the time but then you had your flights and everything how long ago was it um it would be this winter this christmas it'd be 10 years because it's just been 10 years my dad so it's really not before <clears throat> the, the trend has kicked off with it this is before everyone else is doing it absolutely yeah yeah um how many people are there when you go we had 23 on our retreat um all going through the same experience all com- yes yeah, some some experience, some regulars, some new. Um, it was just insane. It was, there was one guy, um, he was there for the second time because he'd come to support his uncle previously. And in that, and he never came to work on it. He was like, oh, I'm just coming to support my, my uncle really needs it. And he came and the, sh- the tribe, the shamans had never seen anything like it in their whole years of running these retreats and these ceremonies his body got like, it was like it was possessed and he was getting thrown around. And basically what they figured out was there was a curse that had been placed like on the family. right. Yeah, and so he'd gone back to fully clear it up. And there was other people just there for progression. And for me, I got there and I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm here to support. Yeah, I've just come here, yeah, I know no I want to do it. Cool. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first ceremony, coming back to that. So what do you do? Tell me what, what do you do? Do you sit there, what, you, what happens? You, they set you up in the Malacca, so it's like the spiritual kind of, building they put as they run the ceremonies in right but we had to follow a diet um and a lifestyle you're not allowed to have you're not allowed to have sex salt sugar alcohol um you could only eat game you couldn't eat certain meats fish um really interesting And, and then when we got there we lived a lot of the food that they cooked us was grown on the land which was amazing they put us in wooden huts with compost toilets, minimal living, no contact with the outside world. Um, and it was Christmas, you know, it was Christmas time. So it was great though. I love that minimalistic living and being in the jungle and it, the, the noises, the nature around you. It was just phenomenal. Oh, it was incredible. Um, so we, the ceremony comes, we go to the Malacca and they set beds up for everyone. You know, like futons on the floor, single futons. You've got buckets at the side because you're going to puke. Um, you know, blankets, pillows, have your water and then they give you um, y- your drink. So you all go up and they bless the ayahuasca and they give you, um, is it Mapacha? I think it's Mapacha. It's like you smoke. It's kind of like a tobacco, but it right, cleanses okay. the yeah, energies yeah, yeah, around yeah. you. So you blow that around yourself. Yeah. You go up 
and then you drink and it was just the most brutal thing to to taste it was wasn't easy it was gross how much is there of it um there's probably only like i don't know how many mils maybe 70 mils or something okay. like that um first time but then you can you build on it each time and you can go but what would happen is some people would just go i'm gonna go big give me and they would but it, it would the medicine would only take you to where you're meant to go so you could take as much bunch, as you want yeah, it'll still but she'll you. only guide you yeah so um drank it and then the each shamans we had three males two females shamans shamans yeah wow. um and they would go around and they would at least twice they would go around the circle there's no lights on no nothing it's all just like candlelit and they're singing constantly through the ceremony for hours and they come around and sing in, at the top of your bed individually every single one of them at least twice so first ceremony i did it and i just had a nice it was nice experience it was, was it? like nice colors you know it was it was a bit trippy like it was it, lovely like it, yeah. it was nice yeah uh, but i didn't i didn't purge so you're how long to was purge it, how long did it last for till um till the morning I'd, I'd say till maybe about yeah i slept there so you can sleep the first night i didn't sleep there actually i tried to make it back to my hut and that was a big mistake so Why? i just stayed there because <laughs> i'm trying to like wobble through the through the little paths in the trees and there's it's not really paths it's in between bushes and it was just it, it felt like it distracted me from my lovely experience because it was freaking me no, out no, no. <laughs> like a fucking panther just gonna <laughs> grab you like what the hell um so I stayed in the locker after that. But yeah, about six o'clock. I woke up at six. So what, eight hours? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit less. Um, because then I'd, I managed to have a bit of a sleep and then I'd wake up about six in there. But I'd still feel... But you're... A little disoriented. Everything's sparkling. Right, okay. Yeah, it was just... HD. Yeah. And the noises, the waking up to that noise of that nature and everything is just and he just it was just stunning um but it wasn't until my third ceremony that I really let myself go because I realized subconsciously I yeah. wasn't letting myself yeah, go because yeah, I, yeah. I was worried just about like, him yeah. he was on the other side of the room we yeah, were separated yeah. but I was worried naturally yeah. me being an empath I'm worried I've heard people's stories I want to look after everyone yeah, yeah. so I didn't let myself go so second go. one same sort of experience again yeah nice and then third what nice happened nice again it was and third there was one of the um, female shamans that's, whose voice got me and she was the only one when she came around to sing to me then after that third ceremony the vibration of her voice just got right inside me and then just <laughs> that was it crying was purging yes yeah, so I was purging crying sick everywhere puke everything every coming out of everywhere it was uh, so you have to be guided to the toilet um, and then yeah just puking and but just the most brutal messy darkest beautiful experience and uh, it was the first I knew about self love but I don't think up until, oh no, definitely up until that point, I hadn't really felt it for myself. And that's what I called my mother Aya. I, I, she guided me finally to that space of self-love. And when I felt that space of self-love, 
everything began to start to re-imprint. It was a really long old process, but I believe that was kind of the beginning of the end to that relationship as well, because we were off and on and it wasn't really right. Um, but it's because I started to feel, genuinely feel self-love and I want better for myself and in every way. And it was just the most incredible experience. And yeah, it was dark, it was hard, but it was amazing. And if you are called to it, I highly recommend I went to the temple of the way of light and the way they look after you they were fantastic so I would go back there in a heartbeat definitely yeah yeah for sure and I will I will um but now it, it I want to say bothers but I just think you know it's become such a trend now ayahuasca hasn't it and I, it's the most incredible um plant medicine to work with but done right yeah. you know to go and do it on a weekend somewhere if you're being called to it and it helps you brilliant but opening yourself up to such a powerful space yeah, it can actually fucking give you more trauma than you actually start do you know with. what i mean you gotta yeah. then get in a car and drive home whilst you it's just yeah. it's not um i think it's kind of disrespectful to yourself when you if you're being called to it you're being called to it because she really 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 wants to help you and commit to that whole immersive experience and it'll just take you to another level and yeah, I would uh, I'd do it in a, in a heartbeat for sure. And I met some incredible people as well. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Great. Mad that I never knew that you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mad. It's fab. Yeah, check it out. I'll send you the link to it anyway. It's yeah, I've, just, I've never, I think I had a calling for it once, mm. but I feel mm. like it was just thing. But then I got presented mushrooms instead and I've done a couple of mushroom ceremonies. Yeah. Um, which were kind of... A, what you're explaining brutal dark yeah. horrible but brutal at the same time um, beautiful at the same time yeah um, I, I might do I'm just like like I want to do it the right way it needs yeah. to be a ceremony it needs to be done right and, and you, the be... space held well and yeah. a trusted space and but the, the mushrooms are great I, you know I hadn't even done I'd never done psychedelics it was the first psychedelic I've ever done and um, well not actually intentionally I had been yeah I had but not intentionally I hadn't done them before now I've found mushroom chocolates yeah and that's what I had yeah and the I just think they're so important I you know what when we go to school and the sh- shit that we get taught yeah. get overwhelmed with get like the guilt and the shame pushed on us if you don't fit into this box yeah. you know you're not going to be successful but what is success success is defined in so many different ways for so many different people mm-hmm. And the education there, it's just so dated, isn't it? And, yeah, and, and psychedelics and how they can help people. It's just, yeah. it's huge, isn't it? And the, with regards to mental yeah. health, just phenomenal. I've been to see a counsellor mm-hmm. um, and taught about stuff, but then in the mushrooms got presented stuff that I didn't even know they had problems about. So I couldn't even talk to my counsellor about them. So, yeah. you know, the mushrooms have kind of like opened up with some and said, look, you need to look at this thing because this actually traumatised you when you were 17 you don't actually realise yeah. that it did so you can't talk about it yeah 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 so it, yeah. I, it, I, it's helped me in a beautiful beautiful way yeah. I will keep going back i shout out to my mate Sandra who's, she's been on the podcast and we have talked about it yeah. but she holds a beautiful space at a house in, uh, in Whitefield and 
she does it like once a month. Oh, fab. I'll have to get those details from you. She, she's yeah. incredible. There's three of them. Um, shout out to uh, Georgie as well. So she mm-hmm. plays the sound. Yeah. Another girl will do the sense. And then Sandra will go around. She's a beautiful light healer as yeah. well. It's yeah. ama- amazing. Oh, wow. Amazing. Sounds right on but my the last, Yeah, the last one I did, I had a hero's dose on the last one. Yeah. I just ended up in the fetal position at the end. <laughs> just the man strip from me. <laughs> But I can just show them that in order for me to me everything mm. I've got to accept the fact that I'm nothing. Yeah. And I'm just like, fucking, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. This thing that I've built up, this identity that I've built yeah. up all these years, and yeah. you're telling me I'm nothing now. Yeah. So I'm constantly on that journey at the minute. It's beautiful, it's horrible, and it's like Yeah. It's very um humbling yeah. is the word yeah. that yeah. I, I didn't and you just don't realise it fuck it I've, I've like gone through half of my life like being taught a certain way and I'm now trying to fucking unteach myself for the rest of my life Yeah, you know and just kind yeah. of figure out that you know we're, we're nothing really Yeah, we're nothing and just you know come from a place of kindness and integrity and Absolutely. do the right thing and you know that's how I try to run my business and treat people the same way and again that means you then attract you know that awareness yeah. and that commitment yeah. to that you attract so many incredible experience and people into your life then by doing that, don't you? Yeah. So have you done, are you, have you done Cambo? Have yes, you, I've done Cambo yeah. a few times, yeah. That's my next one I want to do. I've yeah, not done nice, that yet. Really nice yeah. experience again, really cleansing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I did really get from Cambo is when, when I finished the actual ceremony and stuff, everything became so clear. Colours, greens and, oh, it were like, someone had just like turned everything on HD. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to. That's next. That's yeah, going to yeah. happen soon, I reckon. But um, again, Sandra, she okay. she does the Campbells, aren't they? I'll right. put you in touch with you. You'll really yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah, great. You'll really like it. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I, coming back to the ayahuasca, the, I had uh, breath work. So I discovered breath work, work a few years ago and then yeah. I tried holotropic for the first time. Mm. And my first experience with holotropic breath work. I had an almost hint of ayahuasca experience yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah, same, mate. Same. I was so like, yeah. What is when this? When you do, when you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you need to be guided. I think it's important to be educated and guided properly on the breathwork because it can cause anxiety, con yeah. it, and stress, and yeah. finding the right technique that suits you and yeah. where you're at. Um, but wow, and it's free. What we can do for ourselves, the impact on our yeah. health, our mental health, our physical health is insane with the breathwork. Yeah. Um, and most of us don't breathe properly, Huey, but yeah, wow, I went on a proper journey with that. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Like I, I, I do breath work every day. Yeah. Simple on some side, depending yeah. on how I'm feeling, I'll drop it, but yeah. um, I, I tend to now do a lot of, I kind of sit in stillness a lot. Yeah. So I wake up when my subconscious yeah. is still open yeah. and I'll just sit there and ask questions. Yeah. It's so important that, isn't yeah. it? So many people are afraid of stillness and being and quiet stillness aren't they they choose chaos or busyness in order to not have to sit with themselves yeah Yeah. and it's so powerful it's such a simple but powerful process to allow yourself to do isn't it the communications that you can get yeah the answers that will come back to you if you you ask the right questions yeah i'm a big believer in that yeah definitely so so important i met um on the ayahuasca retreat i met this uh incredible lady from california 
Um, and she was there, she's a psychologist, but um, so many different avenues to how she approaches the psychology and with her clients. And she was there researching and diving in to learn more about herself, getting more guidance. She was writing books at the time. Eventually, fast forward a couple of years, she came here and did a book tour and I helped her organize all of that. But she stayed with me and she gave me a session and she gave me my first kind of just still, she told me about stillness, sit there, talk to yourself, breathe deeply. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? It, it was just so simple, but whoa. I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is my you know, this is my energy for yes. Yeah. This is where it is. Yeah. And she's she's trying to speak to me, she's trying to guide me, and I keep neglecting her and I keep blocking her and 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 leading myself with other people's guide in here, not myself. And it was yeah, wow, incredible. Yeah. So I think I started off meditation. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've always struggled with meditation, to be yeah, honest. But like yeah. um, a friend of mine, Tom, who's a healer, he he, t- he 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 kind of taught me about. I think what I'm doing wrong is that I'm getting guided too much. I'm putting YouTube on, and I'm like, what's it? These people yeah. are guiding your meditation. Where yeah. what he teaches me is I put my hands behind my head. Yeah. Where I'm like kind of doing that. He goes right, okay. Now ask yourself the questions, and then when you feel it right, then I start putting my hands on where it's actually hurting and stuff like exactly what you did then yeah, and you yeah. start doing that yeah and then the sort of like answers have come and that that's yeah. like changed everything because i'm constantly going gym yeah i'm constantly doing breath work i'm constantly doing cold water yeah great. and these things are great yeah but yeah. they're just hardening my heart uh-huh, uh-huh. aren't they they're just yeah. softening up yeah where i need to be a bit more softer on myself and yeah. a bit more kind of kindness and that's what that's doing with yeah. nothing on in stillness yeah allowing myself to feel and then yeah. cry feel and then release so instead important. of just going yeah because yeah. he, he it's a default mode for survival isn't it we can just be yeah. busy you know like yeah. i've done that when i've gone through a lot of grief in my life and I, my default is to just get busy taking care of others yeah but then eventually you do break further down the line don't you and yeah uh, it's trusting that you've got the you can create the space for yourself to just feel allowing yourself to feel yeah. allowing the emotions and knowing and trusting that you on the other side there's people there around you that you can lean on when you feel a little bit broken down because you've allowed yourself to to feel that process and it's so important to allow ourselves that space isn't it for the lessons for the growth and the awareness but yeah is this, is this what you're teaching people then yeah 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 as, as much as i can basically it how I talk about the, the style of coaching that I do is I, I support people in re-imprinting an emotional connection to a previous experience. And in doing that, they then find balance using a whole body mindset. Um, so like one of the techniques I found um, and I ended up training in because it was just a game changer was emotional freedom technique. Yeah, You do it at various different points right, on the okay. body. Um, there's this like a sequence that you can do um, yeah. with with dialogue, etc. But then this, the guy, the main guy in the UK that does it, he then created something called matrix re-imprinting off the back of that. And I ended up training in that, which complements it. it just takes you a little bit deeper with the tap in and it helps you go into a previous memory and re-imprint your emotional connection to it. And the shifts that I've seen with that, uh, guiding people into that space and helping them re-imprint. Because... So many people can be, when they don't allow to feel and process a trauma, and traumas, when we use the word trauma, generally most people think a car crash or, you know, something huge, but they can be the tiniest little things 
tiniest little experiences and moments in our life that have just been, you know, the body keeps score, that famous book, the body yeah. keeps score, and it's noted, isn't yeah, it? Subconscious yeah, 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 yeah. has noted it. It ruined me the, that, you know, my, mm. my relationship with the word trauma, it mm. ruined me. Because, like, who am I to feel that when somebody's brother had died or yeah. what's it, that I wasn't willing to look at these things? Yeah, yeah. And then when I understood what you just talked about yeah. now, that's when I could start healing properly from yeah. them. Yeah, it's, it, Isn't it? It's, it's uh, so important to um, allow yourself that space to identify that timeline because we'll have a timeline of multiple traumas. But generally, when you can look at a timeline that until you start doing the work you can kind of see a repeated um uh, experience that keeps coming in a repeated pattern of repeated attraction yeah. of certain relationships or people into your life that is constantly like it's like hello i'm here i'm trying to teach you but you're going to keep closing the door on it i'm going to keep coming back and i'm going to keep banging on that door until you open it up and you let me speak to you and then you listen and we can build something together it's so it's a common thing so and when i can support someone to re-imprint that it's phenomenal the the change and the shift you know a lot you hear a lot now um in a child treatment in a child yeah. work and that's basically it you know because we've got that inner child that yeah. wasn't maybe supported or loved you know we've all got our own love languages and maybe you know you weren't shown love when you were younger in a way that you translate that language so you think that you're not being loved because someone is loving you is speaking a different language to you but really it's just how you process that and how you choose to process that and it's all linked to your relationship with yourself isn't it so fast forward re-imprinting that is phenomenal phenomenal to watch people thrive when they do that and they're able to re-imprint that it's horrible to watch and it's ancestral too like um someone recently Oh, um, came to me and the, the stuff that she's gone through as a teenager and repeated, repeated experiences through her life and she's now 53. It's, and then it's, it's rippled into her daughter's life and her daughter's created similar experiences to what traumas she went through. Because yeah. it's not, because that's how they kind of see the world. That vibration is yeah. rippling through. But then when you see the vibration change in them, and the ripple effect over time then impact those around them. It's just the most beautiful thing, you know. And so for me, that's so important. Like I wasn't put on this planet to just go and have fun and run around in pit lanes and jump on motorbikes and do all of that. I freaking love it. It's great. Yeah. I was put on this planet to live my life yeah. as authentically as true as possible with integrity, with truth, with presence. And I keep get given these... Um, downloads and these um i've got this intuition and then this hunger to keep growing and learning to then help others it's so so important to me because i, I wasn't broken multiple times through different experiences to not help others having come out the other side you know that knowledge and that experience is not just for me it's for others to hopefully benefit from so it's a, a responsibility that i am um, i'm really excited and proud to to feel and be aware of so, amazing yeah how do people get in touch here if, if they uh, want to work they, with you uh just through um so my my wellness page my mindset rebel page on instagram on facebook um but also email so if you, you can just email me at hayley at hayleycoxon.co 
my website's there. My website explains some of my motorsport stuff, some of my wellness stuff currently being updated. Um, so everything is on the website. So if you go at hayleycoxon.co, that's it. Everything's on there, contact details. And you see a bit more of my story. I've probably spoke plenty of it today. <laughs> it gives you uh, a little bit more of what I'm qualified in and trained in. So if that resonates with you, then you know you can reach out to me and I'll be doing retreats. The idea is, is I'm doing rebel yoga because I'm a yoga instructor as well. And in rebel yoga will be included in my mindset rebel retreat. So that will be coming, that'll be in the pipeline. Um, and then my motorsport stuff will just continue. I'm, I'm gonna take that to another level too, so. With this podcast, I, yeah. I put a title, right? Yeah. And it will say 70, what are we on to the channel? 76? 77. Yeah. Haley Coxon. Uh-huh. What do you want me to put after that? Um, because I introduced you as a motorsport presenter yeah, and yeah. producer. What Holi- would holistic, you like what um, would you like it to say? Uh, presenter and holistic mindset coach. That's what I I What are you more? Um, what do you want to be known for, Haley? Um Speaking, I suppose, and inspiring. Um, coaching is is my drive, my responsibility. I need you to sit on but, this. Yeah. And I need you to message me mm. tomorrow after you've done a meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ask the question. Yeah. What that is. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to be known for? Uh, like I said, the motorsport is just a part of you. Yeah, 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 and all these things. But what is that that you want to be known for? Like full stop, or just on the podcast? Just on the podcast. Okay. I just keep saying presenter in my head, but I am going to go and sit with it and breathe into it. Yeah. Because you're so much more than that after I've yeah. talked to you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't yeah. really know much of that, and I didn't want yeah. to know much of it because I wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, but I feel that you know you've been put on this planet to do that you? Yeah. To, to help people with that yeah definitely yeah you know the the aspiration moving forwards is to i want to speak i want to travel and i want to speak um yeah. i want to be a speaker i want to share a story i want to hold space for people so those retreats and yeah. the idea i used to run retreats for, for another company before lockdown so it's all quite back down so to, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all and I worked with some incredible people doing that, but I'm like, I should be doing this on my own. I should be doing it under my own brand yeah. so that I know everything is covered. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the big impact. I think I can get that going. Um, that'll allow me to then have more speaking space yeah. and then eventually maybe grow that from there. Um, but playing around with cars and bikes and presenting and sharing the stories with them people. And, you know, like, the time when dad got sick and I was questioning what I'm doing in the industry, am I even, and I went to Le Mans, I went to Le Mans 24 hours for the first time, it was ace, and I was really at a point where I'm like, oh God, um, is this the right place where I'm meant to be, blah, 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 and I was searching, and at the time I didn't really have anyone that could, I felt that was guiding me to somewhere, and I had this, he's actually a good friend now, many, many years later, 14 years later, whatever, and he's built my website for me and everything. He works in motorsport. And we had this conversation and he introduced me to this book. And this book is called um, The 33 Steps to Your Infinite Self, I think. And it's a guy called Stuart Wilde. He's got an amazing prayer called The Warrior's Prayer. I'd highly recommend looking it up. 
beautiful prayer um i spent many days reading that to get me through some dark times the warrior's and he, prayer the warrior's prayer by stuart wilde you sent it me yeah no problem um and he uh he just said get this book and he, and he pulled it out of his bag and he went i travel with it whenever i need it and he inter- he then sort of put me on this email chain of like him a like phenomenal legendary driver who I got a connection with it, spirituality was bringing us together and we were just inspiring again and it got me through another little state and that came from my motorsport community it wasn't I didn't have to go to a ceremony yeah. or go it was there they're, yeah. there, they're everywhere aren't you it's like you say everywhere. you put it out there you're ready yeah. for it yeah. those conversations come to you and he and I come back into contact whenever we need support from various different angles and it's great and I really appreciate that but that book was that book for me and The Power of Now, and The Biology of Belief by um, Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, they were massive game changers for me at the beginning of that holistic process. Um, And then, yeah, just really grateful for that and the the shift again that that gave me. So yeah, um, The Warrior's Prayer. I will send it to you. Check it out. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Hayley. No. Thank You're you for welcome. your time. Yeah. Very grateful you're on, mate. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye.